This is People and Property, the relocation podcast. I'm Tony. And I'm Christine. Join us as we tell all about the wonderful business that is international relocation. Welcome to episode six of People and Property, the relocation podcast, a talk show which is all about the beautiful business of relocation. My name is Tony Coe. And today I'm back co-hosting the show with my wonderful wife, business partner, and indeed life partner, Christine Coe. How are you today, Christine? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well also, thank you. Good. It's it's a a very rainy, blustery day in the Cotswolds. Um, And uh, winter has certainly arrived. The autumn colours are looking beautiful. It's all new to us because we used to live in the centre of London until uh, COVID struck us all. And we decided to make a huge life change and come and live out in the sticks. Uh, We're loving it and we will be doing uh, an episode on our escape to the country um, in a while Uh, because we'd like to share that journey with all you lovely listeners. Uh, But for the moment, and for the past few episodes, Christine and I have been telling the story of how we started our relocation business back in the 1980s. Um, And we're going to resume that uh, journey with you today. But last episode, I went a little bit off-piste. I went out on my own. I came into my um, home office here and recorded uh, episode five uh, because I was conscious of the fact that a bit of confusion uh, might have arisen, particularly amongst our UK listeners, um, based on feedback we'd received. Because in the UK, most people regard the relocation business as being largely about property search. Uh, acting for buyers, acting for renters in finding them the perfect home. And indeed, relocation is about that. But um, we started in in a unique way, as we've been explaining. We started on the uh, departure side, assisting a group of people who were moving to Canada on behalf of a Canadian aerospace corporation who needed help in getting a bunch of homes sold. And we provided a home sale assistance program and a, a comprehensive departure program, which we've been talking to you about. But we are coming on to the next phase of our business, which was getting into what is more understood to be relocation, which is the property search site. So we're going to get into that now. I'll just say, Tony, it was, just, it was actually rather fun doing it, I guess, in reverse, wasn't it, a little bit? Because it was sort of uh, unique in the fact that um, uh, the, the relocating people out of the UK um, and not uh, uh, and understanding relocation as it was um, in our eyes to suddenly then... Um, uh, once we were doing that, I think which you're obviously going to get on to was 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 finding out that companies were uh, beginning to move people into the UK um, and into Europe. So that that's well, how we kind of discovered that from the the departure side of it. Well, I, as as we've discussed, and maybe if uh, new listeners to the show won't know this, but we came from a state agency, didn't we, both of us? And we we worked um, in a rather 
old-fashioned estate agency business in Kensington. And I had, um, I don't know about you, Chris, but I had uh, known about relocation. And in fact, I have, uh, I have a strong recollection of a, of a company that was going strong at the time in London called IRC. I oh, think yes, that, yes, I think, I've forgotten I think, about that. Yeah, I think that stood for International Relocation Company, something like that. Yes, yes. And they were very active. Um, and, so, you know, I remember, gosh, if, people who've been in the estate agency business in London as long as I, uh, well, not that I've been in relocation, uh, in estate agency for, for now well over 30 years, but people who were back in, still in, were in the state agency in those days of the 1980s, 1970s, may, may remember that uh, one of the things that we had to do routinely in the state agency was to, was to telephone all the other estate agencies once a week to do what was called a register check. Do you, were you anything, do you remember that? No, no, I, I wasn't really. Oh, that was huge because what, there, there was a lot of sharing of listings. So estate agents, oh, I've got my phone on. And that was, oh, Sean Connery has died. Oh. Sorry about that, folks. I was interrupted by a, a news alert and just heard that Sean Connery died. So that, oh, is, that sad. is sad news. So we had to do, um, yeah, the, so estate agents used to uh, send out when, when they got a new instruction, nowadays it's more called the American term listing, but when they got a new listing, um, when we got a new listing, we would send it out to all the other estate agents in the locality on a half share basis. So on the basis that if they introduced a buyer, we would share our commission half half with them. Uh, and so they would, we, we would get tons of properties from other agents every week and we would, we, we would literally file them. We would put them in filing cabinets uh, um, and uh, so that we could really treat them much like our own listings. Um, but in order to keep up, to, let, to know whether they were under offer, whether they'd been sold, uh, whether they were still available, withdrawn from the market, in order to do that, uh, we had to phone the agents. We had a phone round every week, and that was called a register check. I, could, you know, I can remember doing that so much. So, is that how you learned about um, IRC then? Well, no. They were uh, well, looking for properties. Part, part. So, so IRC uh, decided to do something that was different. There had been a lot of buyer agents out there, but they weren't called buyer agents at the time. They were really either called property search consultants or relocation people uh, and they would you know literally every time they got a new client looking for a property they would you know they would get in touch with their favorite agents and find out what they had on their books until well, they wasn't found... it started by a, a North American person which no, is because it, they have them there no no it, it was no it was an English guy I forget his name actually uh, but um, somebody out there might be able to remind me what his name is but was is uh, but uh, the reason that I mentioned register checks is because they, they decided to take a quite different route. They became very big in the renter market, um, so acting for companies uh, who were bringing people into London. Uh, and what they did is they decided to make their own register of everything that was on the market. 
Uh, I personally think it was a big mistake because they gave themselves a huge job now of having to keep abreast of everything that was on the market. And I think it became far too much uh, for them. And I remember that very well because they used to be, of course, they used to participate. They were the only non-estate agent that would phone up regularly and want to do a register check. Do you see what I mean? Yes. So that's yes. how I got to know about them. But they were, they, you know, there was a period when they were very successful. But I think they absolutely bogged themselves down with trying to keep a complete register of everything that was on the rental market in London. And I think that, you know, just became an enormous administrative job that was actually totally unnecessary. Of course, it's all changed now. Uh, but anyway, uh, so where we got to in our story was that we got these, uh, we got this particular contract. Um, we moved all these people to Canada. The client was thrilled to bits with us. They recommended this to other people. We got many other contracts. Um, they were highly profitable, these, these, these uh, contracts. Um, and we were so, so, so fortunate that they helped us by spreading the word about us and we decided, well, actually, Chris, you, you may remember we were, we had started to do some searches as well. You were very active in that. Um, and, uh, you know, yes, for, 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 for private individuals. Yeah, talk a bit about that, Chris, because I don't want to dominate um, the conversation. Here. No, I, well, it, it, was, it was nice because it was obviously the, 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 the selling side of it. You, you know, you, you have to knock on quite a few doors and advertise yourself and market yourself in a way to get to get the, the the private individual who was so used to not having to pay um, to go and find themselves a property, it was just you know they would see well why would we have to pay somebody to do this when we can just go around and look at all the estate agents' listings and and do it ourselves. But we did start finding that there were um, uh, individuals who who saw the the justification who saw the value of having uh, somebody like um, me, I guess, um, that was, was working only for them on a personal basis, uh, as, a, as again, you know, we talked about the hand-holding, that they knew that, you know, once we'd, we'd established a brief together, they told, you know, they would indicate what their budget was, what, what they needed it for, the, you know, the areas that we looked in, so that, so that I was doing all the legwork, all the work for them. Um, and then most of them, if I remember rightly, were, were, there's a lot of people that weren't actually in central London, because this did start off in central London um, to begin with. So they would not come to view these homes until they were... Um, you know, the, there was a shortlisted amount of properties that I'd done all the legwork on, all the research, and I would say to them, look, we've got this one, this one, this one. Um, uh, would, you know, do you want to come pick a day and, you know, let's, let, let's go out and spend the day, you know, I'd make appointments for all of them, and we'd, we'd spend the day looking at them all. Um, and the, that they found very enjoyable. It was very pleasant. Um, the, the the biggest value I think they got from 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 um, uh, somebody like me as a as a as a buyer's agent I guess was was the fact that when it came to the home that they chose um, the, the negotiation skills that I brought to the table were tremendous because when when it's not when you're not buying for yourself 
um, there isn't the same emotion um, involved. Um, so I, I'm able to to represent the, 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 the buyer by going in hard on the negotiation side of it for them um, to get them the best possible deal. And the true value came with what I was able to negotiate the price to would, would I would say probably nine times out of 10 would cover the cost of the fee that they were paying to us. So that was, that was really, um, fantastic for, for, for us um, and for the buyer it was it was a it was a great great um, satisfying rewarding uh, position to be in really on both yes, and sides I, and, I, and I think that um, it's it's compared with the state agency what what I, I felt about it, it it was much more fulfilling work I, I yes I, you felt much more valued first of all you you formed a much closer relationship you certainly did chris with with the clients in 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 the sense that they are now relying entirely on you in, instead of what we were used to in a state agency which someone would come in the door um you know they would inquire about a property that you might have in the shop window or that they'd seen in in a newspaper advertisement or magazine advertisement that we'd put in and, and it was either suitable for them or it wasn't suitable for them. And then the conversation would move to, well, do you have anything else like this? And then you'd, you know, you'd look through your cabinet. And yes. Those days it was a filing cabinet or lots of filing cabinets. Yes, with lots of pieces of paper. <laughs> and you, and would, did you have anything else for them? You either did or you didn't. If you didn't, then that was largely the end of the relationship. Uh, I mean, you could obviously follow up with them with new stuff that came in. But that was a very, very different relationship than when you were acting for a buyer. Well, yes, because I had to, I mean, not I had to, but to, to, to give them the potential of, the, of, of, of our service, I was able to go to every single estate agent. And of course, back to the lack of that multiple listing, um, it meant rather than the, 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 the buyer go from agent to agent, from shop to shop to shop, I was able to do that based on the brief that they had given me. So I was able to go to each, you know, sometimes in one area, there might be 30 or 40 of them. And I would say, look, have you got a two bedroom, two bathroom, first floor apartment valued at 400,000 or whatever the figure was. So if they had, they had, if they didn't, they um, they didn't, and um, you know. And if they had something, I would look at it, consider it, see if it matched anywhere close to the brief. Um, if I felt that it did, I would talk to them about it, and they would make the decision whether they wanted to see it or not. So it cut out a lot of time wasting, such well, a lot of time wasting. Yeah. So there are two elements, you know, that you've, you've already mentioned that the, the uh, covering really our, our fee, more than covering our fee in many cases. Uh, uh, because by negotiating the price down. But the other big factor for the client uh, is the time that they save. They yes. don't have to do all that legwork. Uh, or those days, I mean, of course, it's changed now rather with, all the, with the rise of the property portals, which makes the world very different. Uh, but um, in those days, especially the time that they saved, of course, they were going, you know, they did have to, you know, they had to stump up a fee, 
Um, and uh, but for that reason, it attracted higher net worth individuals. Yes, yes, right? it did. So we were dealing with well, that. yeah, we were dealing with well-heeled uh, clients. If I can put it that way, it sounds a bit elitist, but we were dealing with well-heeled clients. Uh, generally speaking, they were very nice people. Some of them, I know you dealt with Chris, quite famous people. We can't mention their names, obviously, for privacy reasons. But um, and, and in fact, that was another reason why they would use us, is that in many cases where they were you know, very high-profile people, they would want to uh, keep a low pro profile and not have their name out there. And they knew that we would protect uh, their identity. So there were all kinds of facets to it. And from our point of view, as I said before, it's a very fulfilling work. And in our relationships with other estate agents, as relocation, as relocation people, we had moved into a new uh, situation from their point of view because they knew that we had clients who meant business. They were paying us a fee. So these weren't time wasters, right, Chris? No, and if they had the property, then... The you know, they had the right property. There was a high chance um, that, that it might be a match for our clients. So we didn't have the properties because we've, we, we positioned ourselves that we were now not an estate agent because I think there's a conflict of interest that goes on there because we would push them towards our, our listing um, for which we would be paid um, in, in the estate agency days that we would be paid a commission if we sold that property for the client. This was the reverse role. We were on the other side of the fence now. So we were um, open to go to anybody and everybody that might have the property that matches what our client's looking for. And we're, we, are not, we, were not giving, we were not taking any referral fees and we don't take any referral fees from the agents um, we, we, you know, we, we, we charge a fee, a management fee to the client. So the estate agents would love us and, and do love us from that point of view because there's no conflict of interest going on here. They've got the property, we've got the people. So we were, we were a great match, great match. Uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, a really good, a really good point. Um, and, and from our point of view, not being in the estate agency world anymore, we weren't paid on a results basis. We got paid for everything that we did, uh, which I much preferred. Um, I, I much preferred that kind of relationship. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it obviously en enables you to uh, budget. It's not feast or famine as a state agency can uh, well, it always is really. It's either feast or famine. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, it, so many aspects to the relocation business just struck us as this is gold. You know, we have much better relationships with our clients. We are valued by them. We have much better relationships with the state agents and so on. So, however, uh, the property search business uh, was small. Uh, at that time compared to in revenue terms in compared to what we generated from these uh, departure contracts. So uh, we'd, we'd found something really, we had developed a program which really was so valuable to the corporate client. As I said, they spread the word to others and we got many other contracts. But now we, we realized we had a business, didn't we? And we wanted to develop that business. So we 
we decided that since Canada was the place where we were getting clients from, we decided that we would start with Canada. We also decided that we were going to be an international, we were going to specialize in international work, didn't we, Chris? So, yes, and only international. We decided yeah. to sort of uh, focus on that as we saw that, well, because that's how we started. We decided to make that our niche um, position company-wise yes. to, 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 to get into the international market. And Canada being pretty small compared to, 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 uh, to America, although it's North America, um, uh, made our introduction, um, uh, I, I, what, what's the word would I say? Just, just, just tremendous really, because there was a much, um, uh, a smaller, uh, uh, customer basis out there, which I'm sure you're going to talk about when we get to the, um, to the CERC, uh, which was a, which was the first body. Um, called the Canadian Employee Relocation Council. And that well, the, was the, the first, that the first relocation body that we got involved with, certainly. Yes. But before we get to that point, uh, we, we, we got um, hold of a list of likely corporate clients that would be interested in the services that we were going to offer. And I think at that time, we were really concentrating on the home sales because that was a need that we had fallen upon as a result of the uh, aerospace company, the first aerospace company that came to us. So uh, that was what we were really largely peddling, yes. peddling for want of a better yeah. word at, at and the, the time. And, the, and, those, and, and a lot of those companies that we were working for were giving their employees the full home sale management program that you talked about a few episodes ago. As we mm. know, the, the first one didn't give the full guarantee um but we explained what the full guarantee was and a lot of the companies we started working for did do that right yes if listeners if you don't know what a guaranteed home sale uh, is please go back to our earlier episodes where we we explain that yes you're quite right chris we 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 did get into the whole thing we, in fact we got into the whole panoply of uh, if that's the right word of uh, relocation services uh when we started going and meeting with these uh, potential corporate clients, but the, what? What? So we got a we got a, a list together of likely uh, prospects, and uh, in those days there was no email, or uh, it may have just started. I don't know, but it certainly wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't something that we used every day uh, at all. Um, we might have had an AOL account or something. I don't know, but but what we used, of course, was the good old fashioned fax machine, didn't we? Oh, yes, that we, was great we, fun. Well, we, I didn't think so at the time, mind you, but I can remember it was, it was situated on one of the, the five floors, four floors mm -hmm. of, of, of our offices and uh, on, on the outside one of the, the offices and, and it would sit there and I would sit there with a chair and I would feed this, <laughs> this fax machine sometimes to It was nine. the same letter, wasn't it? It was the same. Yeah, the same We, one, we, we developed would, a, we wrote a sales letter. Yeah, uh, essentially describing what we had done for other companies, and, and we, and we sent this. It. We sent this to the um, the HR departments, the HR people of the uh, companies that we had decided to target. And and you you actually sat there. Yes, you sat there. Sometimes till just, nine, ten o'clock at night, just feeding this, just feeding that same letter. Yes, over and over and over again. 
uh, one at a time uh, to these companies. To see what was who was interested in meeting with you. Because um, I, yeah, we said, come and talk we, about didn't we? We our said um, our managing director Tony Coe is coming over uh, to your area on you know, in, during this particular time window, and uh, could we have a meeting with you? Could we sit down and have a meeting with you? And do you, I can just remember the excitement. Chris, do you, when we got started getting the responses? Well, you know? and, and, and I, I don't know whether you remember this, but when, when, when somebody said, yes, they were interested in meeting with you, and I, I would find out where they were located, hmm. and then the next person that would say that they were interested in meeting you so that I could schedule it, I would ask them how far they were from this other, this other destination of this other company, and then I would plot, <laughs> I would plot the route, um, because obviously you were hiring a car and a phone in those days, a big brick. That yeah, you a huge have. phone. I mean, the phone was you nearly could, as big as the um, car. They, when I when like, I went to pick up the rental phone, they gave it to me in a crate because yeah, it had... <laughs> just like... <laughs> but it was funny because it was like, I would say, well, um, um, uh, Mr. Coe is going to be in this area um, and, you know, how... What, what time would suit you because he's got to get from A to B and they would say it's 40 miles or it was a hundred miles or it would, I would work out how the distance was and I would, so then I would allow for your appointment time and then allow for the next appointment time. And as that list got bigger of yeses, it would, it would work sometimes have to go over, you know, a few days because we, you couldn't obviously, because the distances were so huge you you need you know you needed to uh, um, and your appointment time and then you'd go to one and then if there was three or four in one area that would be great if it was in you know in a downtown location um, you know in in Toronto or Montreal or you know that you could get from one to the other in twenty minutes and your appointment was an hour and a half and so on so it was it was it was amazing it was really really amazing yeah the, the easy ones were the downtown locations because I could literally walk from one to yes, the other was, yes, that was exactly. like being in, being in Toronto is much like being in London uh, yes, from, exactly. that, from that point of view the difficult one ones were the ones that were outside of town in, in you know and the thing was it took so long to actually find so you could see the building so you'd you know you'd see the building with from the, the, the sign of the court yes. from, from the free but it wasn't easy to find actually had to get there i mean to actually get there that's what we weren't used to because the, the the built environment in north america is so different from the built environment you know the, the, the road layout and so on the way we were used to in the UK, uh, which was made for sort of horses and carts, so you could sort of pretty much easily access um, entrances to, to properties. Here, you could see a huge property, and you could see no way of getting there, really. No sat-nav, of course, in those days. So actually getting um, from appointment to appointment in those circumstances was actually quite stressful. Because, you know, I'm a person who likes to be on time, and, uh, you know, as, as you... As you got closer and closer to the time, you think, "Oh, well, am I going to actually be able to achieve this?" But anyway, it was you set it up beautifully, um, and uh, the spacing was was excellent, and they were all very helpful there in helping me get to my my next appointment. And the end of that story. Well, what what I what what was very very clear is that 
all these companies, the reason that these companies had been so receptive to us was because they were used to much, much better responsive service from relocation companies in Canada. Yes. And they were dealing with, I mean, I don't want to embarrass anybody by mentioning names, but they were dealing with one, one particular, uh, well, I think I can say it because it doesn't really exist in this guise anymore, but there was a, there was a, a, a big, the biggest relocation company at that time was Black Horse Relocation. As Black Horse implies, it was owned by Lloyds Bank. And, you know, I suppose that it was a bit like, for them, it was a bit like dealing with a large, you know, bureaucratic bank. And well, it tended and, to be domesticated. It was a British bank, wasn't it? Oh, so, absolutely. Well, I, I think they were probably international at that time, but but oh. uh, even at that time. But they but their relocation company um, was run along the same lines as the bank. I mean, you remember yes. Black Horse had Black Horse had lots of estate agents too. Yes, they bought, of that, that was a, that was the era when when yes. these banks were buying up estate agents. Yeah, so they were feeding themselves, really, weren't they? They were, they were feeding their estate agents, which is very much similar to what was going on in North America. So no surprise there. But what the difference for the for the North American client for the Canadian client was that they were used to dealing with people who were very very responsive and provided highly personal service. And now they were dealing with something that was more akin to dealing with a government, a branch of government. And they weren't happy with, with the, many of these clients were actually banks themselves. Uh, the HR people were not happy with the way they were being dealt with um, in the UK uh, by this, this sort of organization. And that gave yeah. us a, a huge uh, way in. Um, well, I, can, I think I can also say, though, as well, that, that I think... Um, I think life has, has, and we have changed tremendously, but uh, the, 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 the British mentality was not, was not up to the same level of the service of the North American service. No. And so... You're right. We, we just, we're, we're just, that's just not the way we're brought up culturally with, you know, we might speak the same language, but we were very different culturally in the type of service... Um, that we would give or expect to be given and we had such lower expectations of ourselves and services to provide to people and I think that's what hit the North American market when they started dealing w w with our market that we were oh well you know do we well, really have to do a lot to help you <laughs> we were saying that we were saying the right things to them and that was music to their ears really and what why why was that well uh, we'd had that experience, of course, of developing that program for the Canadian um, aerospace company. We'd had that experience. We, kn we knew what they liked and what they didn't like. But we'd also had the experience that I talked about when we started this podcast of, you know, we, we ran our estate agency much more on the American lines. Yes. So, we, we, so we, we were used to going to, or I was used to going to America a lot and doing the training there and learning how real estate worked there. And what I did was bought, bought those concepts into, reloc into the relocation business that we started. Should mention um, that the name of our relocation firm is Saunders 1865. We call it the VIP relocation company. And uh, listeners, we are coming to the end of the, this episode uh, right now. So I ought to... Oh, wow, laugh. that's gone quick. Also, yes, it does go... 30 minutes goes 
quickly, but uh, we will return to this subject next time. But do, uh, if you're interested, do take a look at our business. It's saunders1865.com is our website, and you'll see the kind of services that we provide. Um, and uh, you know, I am very um, pleased with the feedback we've received from this podcast, and there are clearly a lot of people who are, who has, whose interest has been piqued by what we've had to say um, and are interested in getting into the business. And Christine and I are responding to that. I mean, we're, you know, we're at the latter part of our, our careers, um, but uh, we're still passionate, as I hope comes across here, about the, the relocation business. And we're keen to, to share our, um, our journey with those, with everybody, really. But... Um, people who want who are interested in getting into this lovely business uh, we have listeners from the hr world uh, we have listeners from the estate agency world we have listeners from the uk we have listeners from uh, canada from, from the usa all over and uh, we will be touching upon every aspect of the, re the relocation business christian and i are talking about responding to people who want to get into the uh, relocation business by developing a support some kind of support program that's in in uh, the early conceptual stage at the moment but we will be coming back to you on that so do stay close uh, stay in touch via our facebook page which is uh, you can access by going to people and property that's people and a n d property podcast.com don't forget the podcast word peopleandpropertypodcast.com. That will take you to our Facebook page. You can send us a private message there. You can comment. Um, you'll be able to, if you, we know that there are some people who, who like to watch us actually recording uh, the podcast and see us on video, and uh, you can do that. We will be sharing a, a, a link uh, with you on that. Um, but do listen to the podcast via our, uh, our hosting platform, which is anchor.fm forward slash people and property uh, and uh, please participate and uh, we look forward to talking with you again next time where we should, where we will continue um, our journey and talk about uh, how uh, the home sale side developed more into also into uh, property search so thank you very much. Thank you, Christine, for um, everything you've had to say. And thank uh, you. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Bye bye, everybody. Bye -bye. See you next time. Bye.